Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. Welcome to the show, everyone. Today is Wednesday, June 22nd, 2011. I'm Alan Smith, along with my co-host Donna, and this is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio, largest social radio network in the world, and we are live from sunny Florida, where we've been seeing heat indexes of 107 and 108 degrees, and it's not even August yet, but Hope all of you are doing well, and we appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedules to join us this evening. We have a really interesting show for you this evening, a lot of info to try to cover in 60 minutes or so, but joining us this evening are our special guest, professional truck driver Ed Webb, and senior editor of Truckers News Magazine, Todd Dills, and Ed was featured in a story by Todd in the current June issue of Truckers News relating to sleep apnea testing for truckers, and Ed will share her story, his uh, story with us this evening, along with some uh, valuable insight into this issue that Todd has written so well about in the article, which, by the way, is linked up to from our show's description page entitled Medically Certified, so you can click on that link and go right to the story in Truckers News Magazine. And joining us also is Max Videra, Senior Editor of Randall Riley Publishing, of course, the publisher of all those great trucking magazines out there. And Max is going to offer some insight into what is called the Proposed Registry of Certified Medical Examiners, an article that is also featured in the June issue of uh, Truckers News. So our show this evening, Examining Truck Drivers' Medical Certification Regulations, That's right, more regulations are coming apparently, so get ready to throw away that old medical card as we know it. We'll find out more with our special guests, Todd Dills, Max Badera, and pro trucker Ed Webb coming up on this live broadcast of Truth About Trucking Live. Hey, we'll be right back. It's like pumping my money down an endless hole. What they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll? Tell me what they're going to do when the big rigs don't roll. With the CSA and all the regulations facing drivers in the industry, it's never been more important to stay up on current regulations and more specifically, remain in constant compliance. Compliance for drivers and the industry has never been more crucial. Hey everybody, this is Alan Smith of Truth About Trucking Live, and Trans Products and Trans Services are your full-service transportation material compliance supply and regulatory service provider since 1957. 
dedicated to servicing your needs, not emptying your wallet. It's hard enough in these tough economic times to have to spend money to meet regulatory requirements. But with trans products, trans service friendly, sound advice, quality products, and friendly personal attention, they will make you feel like you have a friend and colleague in the industry. From logbook auditing to driver qualification file management, fuel tax filing to UCR filings from on-site training, technical service, you name it, Trans Services is like having an entire regulatory agency working just for you. And the what, when, why, and how to comply without total interruption of daily operations. So contact Trans Products or Trans Services and Night Leather for more information and a free catalog. Just give them a call, toll-free, 1-800-367-9100, or check them out on the web at transproducts.com and request more information about products and services. Highly recommended. They've been doing it for 19, since 1957. They are the experts, transproducts.com. All right, we are back, and Donna, I see you made it. You all ready to go? I'm ready. <laughs> all right, well, we see all the listeners on the line. Uh, filling up pretty quick. Appreciate you being here. i got to scroll down and find where our guests are. <laughs> so thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Um, okay, let's welcome our guest to the show, professional driver Ed Webb. Ed, thanks for uh, joining us this, this evening. How are you? Hey, Ellen, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, glad to have you. I understand you're you're traveling right now as we speak. Yeah, my my children and I are on the way to Atlanta and uh, down here out of Kentucky and Tennessee on 65, and I'm trying to fight the urge to pull in the scale house up here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, All right. Well, ho- hopefully your connection will stay good with us. So far, I'm I'm hearing you a little bit. I hear a little bit break up, but it's working out okay so far. Um, uh, well, glad to have you, and uh, Todd Dills, welcome back to the show. As always, great to hear be here, Alan. Glad to have you, and of course, uh, Max Videra, glad to have you back with us as well. Hi there, Alan. How are you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you fine. Okay. Uh, boy, you guys, you guys got this show down, man. Y'all are y'all are on the line, ready to go. That's what I like. Makes my job easier. Okay. <laughs> Well, as you know, whenever we have multiple guests on, I like to have it as an open mic session, meaning everyone just feel free to jump in at any time, so don't feel like you have to wait uh, for me or Donna to call on you or anything. We're all just having a conversation here all together. So, again, just feel free to chime in any time if the mood hits you. And and if you would like to be a part of the show, have a question for one of our guests, we're glad to have you join us as well. Our call-in number is 347 and uh, I guess, Todd, let me start with you. Your article in this month's issue of Trucker's News, Medically Certified, which included Ed's story. Uh, fill us all in here quickly. How how did this story come about? What are we looking at here? Well, uh, I, I uh, you know, throughout uh, in my reporting on, on different issues in the industry, uh, sleep apnea keeps coming up over and over again. As a, and, it's, you know, it's a, real, it's a real condition, real problem, fairly new. Uh, you know, in the, the you know array of conditions that uh, that that 
uh, you know, are well known and well and have been well studied out there. You know, it's, uh, I don't know exactly how how far uh, knowledge of the condition and treatment of the condition goes back, but you know, it's not something that folks have been uh, you know treating, uh, being been being treated for for you know, 50 years. It's more probably like 20, 25 or, or less. And uh, you know, throughout all of this, you know, there's been a lot of um, I continually hear uh, from drivers about uh, about about you know a worry about sleep apnea generally and and drivers feeling kind of um, you know like like like, like sort of like 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 uh, Ed put it in the story like a lab rat on a treadmill in this in this whole thing and uh, where they're hearing it from of course is from their employing carriers. Uh, a lot of whom uh, sort of anticipating uh, some sort of a federal regulation on sleep apnea, which still hasn't come. Uh, the carriers have instituted uh, you know, their own screening criteria for sleep apnea. So if a driver uh, meets some of that criteria, sometimes it's uh, body mass index. Sometimes it has to do with uh, you know history, uh, medical history, past history of you know, heart problems or diabetes. And, combined with other factors like the body mass index, uh, that driver will be sort of tested for sleep apnea. Um, and, and you know, if the tests are positive for the condition, uh, then uh, put into a treatment program. Um, and, you know, most, I should say, uh, most every driver that I've talked to about uh, the, the, the condition who has it and who is being treated for it, uh, and once they get treatment, they notice the difference immediately uh, in terms of improved health. A lot of guys uh, report losing a lot of weight, uh, becoming, you know, feeling much better rested, being much more alert. And uh, and so there, there's the positive aspect of it uh, there as well. But um, at the same time, uh, you know, every time you, you know, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of drivers would tell me uh, stories about uh, or or that they've heard stories about uh, uh, sort of overzealous uh, attention to this by down to the level of the roadside law enforcement officer. And, yeah, I'd never seen a case of, of this kind of thing. And, and you know, every time you ask the, the federal guys, the guys at FMCSA about, uh, you know, what what's on the books about sleep apnea, they basically say, well, nothing. And, uh, you know, from a federal standpoint, uh, you know, so it's, and so, so the, the murkiness there that that you that you're getting from me is, is you know, is real. And, and until uh, and until I uh, I met Ed via uh, Ricky Gooch, who's been on this show before. Ricky uh, sort of helped Ed a little bit in uh, filing some data queue challenges related to the stop that I wrote uh, roadside stop that I wrote about the story uh, that that sort of led Ed down the down sort of a circuitous path with uh, with the state uh, in which he lives uh, in Indiana and their motor carrier uh, services department the Department of Revenue uh, in the motor carrier services division there um, and and Ed you know uh, we talked a lot about the data key challenge when I was writing a CSA story in March and then he proceeded also to tell me. You know more about uh, his sleep apnea situation, uh, which he he found it very odd that uh, uh, that basically it turns out he he was being more or less uh, his condition was being audited uh, the treatment of it by the state of Indiana after a roadside stop, and 
you know, here it's it's probably a good idea for for Ed to step in and he he can tell you a little bit. Uh, he can tell this story a lot better than I can. I, I had to distill it down a lot in my uh, in my piece, and he's probably got a lot of, a lot more details on it uh, to add here. But uh, I'll let you tell. I'll let him tell you how how a lot of this came about uh, for him. But basically, the the gist, uh, the, the point that I took out of it was well. Well, you know, the, the, the federal folks said there's nothing on the books for sleep apnea, but the state of Indiana, at least, and and I believe I'm not totally sure of this, but uh, there may be some other states that have not uh, not so specific uh, uh, auditing procedures as Indiana, but but some some similar things. Uh, but basically, they they require a, a very specific treatment threshold uh, for drivers who you know who who have their CDLs. Out of Indiana. Well, I, I think it's in. Hi, Chad. How are you? This is Donna. Oh, yeah. Hey, Donna. Um, hey. Um, I think it's important to say, though, that in these states that are stricter, that it's actually the um, the state uh, troopers, the police itself, who um, who enforce this. I, I don't believe it was the the DOT of Indiana, or are they included in this also? Well, I mean, the, the troopers. The troopers don't. Uh, no, the troopers don't enforce this stuff. I mean, this this is uh, basically basically it's not the troopers that enforce it. It's the uh, it's basically uh, the the state uh, Department of Revenue Motor Carrier Services Division, which is more or less the department, uh, like the department Department of Transportation for the state of Indiana, more or less. And and they are you know they, what they say okay they they take charge of their drivers they you know if their drivers have a health condi- a health conditions that, that could pose a safety risk on the highways they want to make sure it's being treated and so they they're basically stepping in between the driver and their doctor here to to make sure that the that in this case sleep apnea is is being treated now what in Ed's case what makes it kind of uh, it, what makes it sort of interesting and kind of confusing is that uh, all of, like his auditing, the auditing of his sleep apnea condition started, and Ed, you could probably take it from here if you're still if you're still with us here. Uh, started with a with a roadside stop and a, and a ticket for you know, ill fatigued driver. But yeah, you go ahead, Ed. Yeah, let me let me grab. grab. Grab you here, Ed, because you dropped off there for a second, but I see you're back. But I guess you're one of the stars of the story here, but I do want to point out again that, you know, you do say in the article that finally having the CPAP machine has changed your life. And, and we totally agree with the life-changing and increased safety issue with those who have sleep apnea. But they really put you through the ringer, it seems to me, and it all started with that state trooper, I guess, waking you up. So just just tell us a little bit more about that experience and what was going through your head at that time from a professional driver's perspective. Well, Okay. First of all, I wanted to kind of uh, uh, not correct Todd, but in the state of Indiana, what's happened? All the all the DLT inspectors no longer have a job. They got rid of uh, in in our I guess uh, in our uh, move by our, our governor. Uh, they basically eliminated all the DLT inspectors and have trained and now certified most of the state troopers as certified DOT inspectors. See? Oh, that's wow. What, yeah, that's what's going on up in Indianapolis, uh, in Indiana. I know I know two or three uh, 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 DOT former inspectors, you know, that lost their job, you know, because, again, they just decided to do away with that and just go ahead and, and certify and train more troopers to do their job. 
see? And that's where all this come about because I do believe the particular officer I was dealing with, he was a DOT-trained uh, officer. Um, you know, I... He wasn't an inspector. No, well, he may have been certified to the best of my knowledge. He may have been certified. You know, he may have been able to do that, but okay. in this particular instance, he didn't. But I do know that this officer, he did tell me he is. He was a DOT certified, uh, you know, DOT certified uh, uh, trooper. So okay. I'd like to say this, this, this all started. Um, I had to find, I needed to find a place to pull order to take a nap. It wasn't in an authorized place, you know, but because of where I was, uh, and I, there was a, there was a, uh, Rest area just right off the road from me, but it was full. I've been, you know, talking on the radio, and everybody said it was full. So I just pulled off on the ramp, on an exit ramp before you get to that rest area, and I just got off the road. And yeah, it was marked, you know, no parking. That was all my fault, but you know, but that's where all this started. And the long and short of it is, uh, I was sitting in my driver's seat, which I do realize was another, you know, mistake on my part. But uh, he <laughs> knocked on my door and, you know, and uh, woke me up. And, and I thought, it, you know, the first comment out of his word, his mouth was, we were snoring so loud you could choke the whole truck, you know. And and by the end of it, by the end of it, you know, uh, I wound up with a citation and it read, you know, it was, a, it, I guess it was an inspection because it, it was like a level two. You know, all I did was check check all my uh, all my paperwork. Because it was dark, you know, but uh, I wound up with three things, three different items on the inspection sheet. The top one was, you know, driver ill slash fatigue. The other two were parking on a ramp where you shouldn't have been, and then he said my logbook wasn't up, up, up to date. But he did not on that report. I was not cited. In other words, it was on the the, the report there, but the ticket was focused on the driver ill slash fatigue deal, okay? Uh, All right. So I wound up, got a hold of the prosecutor, and, and he was scratching his head, and he, you know, he said uh, he was going to call the trooper and check on it. And a day or two later, he called me back, and, you know, he, they, everybody, he just decided to, to uh, dismiss it because the prosecutor came to find out the cold, if I understand this correctly, the code that he used on the document that I had did not exist in the DOT in the DOT rule book. It was not in there. Okay, at the time, it was under a he wrote me up under a local code for driver ill slash fatigue, which did not exist. Okay, I, that I, huh. I, you know I believe that's the reason why it was dismissed. Okay. What did he base your ticket on, uh, Ed? I mean, okay, he said you had um, an ill, um, ill driver fatigue. What, what was his criteria that he that he assumed while, that? Okay, while he we were talking, you know, I told him that I was just I was tired and I was not really, you know, had a little bit of a fever and you know, and I just pulled over to take to take a, a short nap, you know. I mean, and he. Uh, and he took those words and said, well, if you're sick, you, you don't need to, you know, don't need to be behind the wheel anyway. You know, in other words, he... Right. He, he tried to take it as far as he could, it sounds like to me. And 
and that's what it sounded like the, the, since I've heard this story, you know, a couple of times. And um, the driver ill fatigue uh, is a federal uh, is a federal uh, a federal regulation uh, about about that. You know, it's basically, right. and it's I guess by he probably didn't know what he was doing and wrote it up under the wrong code, and so. Uh, it it well, got uh, off, and also that I mean that that driver ill fatigued. Uh, you know, it, so there seems to be uh, the the other weird part about this is that he is that uh, you know Ed was stopped at the time. I mean, it just the trooper the trooper you know wanted to take it as far as he could. You know, he just uh, in this case, go ahead, Ed. What I wanted to say is, see, a lot of these troopers, you know, they go to different seminars for different things, and I'm fairly convinced, uh, having talked to a friend of mine who's in law enforcement, that a lot of the troopers now are, you know, and this basically, is, if I understand it correctly, they take a four-hour seminar, okay, and they cover a lot of topics, but one of them is, I guess, recognizing drivers that are fatigued. Okay, and sleep apnea, of course, obviously has been mentioned in that, you know, and I just find it real funny, you know, he asked me uh, while we were doing the process of getting all this straightened out, he had asked me if I wanted to take some type of of a survey, which I took, you know, I mean, I'm not the smartest guy in the toolbox, but, you know, that right there raised another huge red flag, and I, of course, I declined it, but later on, I'm hearing, you know, they were doing the same thing up there in uh, Minnesota. Right. You know, you know, I mean, it was just, I, I I feel like, you know, I have every respect for law enforcement, but, you know, this guy, he was just way out of line, you know, the way he handled it, you know, and, I mean, I, I understand he has a job, dude, and we all do, but, you know, I just, the way this whole thing was handled was just one big mess. And then the bottom line is, you know, like Todd said, now because of all this, and you're getting, I have to, you know, hone up to, you know, part of this is my own fault because had I not been part of where I was, you know, this may not have ever happened. But now that I am, you know, it's too late. And it just seems like with all the changes that are coming down the pipe, you know, you know that we're dealing with now, uh, Sleep apnea is going to be, you know, one of those one of those huge issues. And uh, go ahead. Uh, I, well, I think the the issue really is um, is it going to be allowed for a trooper or a DOT officer or whoever it is to look at a person and then say they're ill in the, or fatigued or um, well, in their opinion. Yeah. Well, see, that's, that's, you know, that's a huge, huge, you know, opens up, as I say, a huge can of worms. You know, I mean, I don't think any of us, you know, can uh, just look at somebody, and I don't care if you have a Ph.D., if you're, you know, uh, I don't see how anybody could just look at a person, you know, or, or, or a driver and just, you know, by gut, gut reaction or whatever they feel like, you know, the situation is, where they can basically, you know, judge you, you know, hey, there's something wrong here, and you know, I want, we want to check it out, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's, you know, uh, that's a huge issue in this particular, you know, in this particular situation, yeah, I, obviously I was snoring, you know, and that, that, of course, you know, that's a dead giveaway for sleep apnea. I'm overweight, 
you know, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I will concede to that part, but I just can see if we're not careful and if law enforcement <laughs> yeah. is given the power to do so, you know, this is going to, this is going to be a huge problem. You know, let's yeah, Okay. Let me let me jump in here and try to get some callers in as we can too. Let's go with um, a caller from Illinois, area code six one eight. Go ahead, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm uh, I'm Dr. Clinton Smith. I'm uh, was one of the uh, uh, original NRCME designers uh, in Washington D.C. and I've been listening uh, to the uh, <clears throat> to the discussion on sleep apnea. And the bottom line is. When it comes down from the FMCSA, is is there, you know, they're leaving it up to the examiners to actually make these calls and decisions based on a lot of different parameters, and and for individual states to uh, dictate uh, specific rules and regulations on sleep apnea, you know, they're 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 really not going along with what the FMCSA has decided because last year. There was a large meeting where they brought up, the FMCSA specifically brought up sleep apnea because of the cost of testing, it's not feasible for our workforce to be tested for sleep apnea. Right. Yeah, yeah well, do you, uh, go ahead, Todd. I was just, just going to add to that. I mean, Clinton, uh, Clinton um, uh, brings up really definitely good points and, uh, you know, I've had some former FMCSA folks, uh, you know, kind of wonder wonder aloud to me, thinking aloud, you know, why why uh, why do they allow you know the state state like Indiana to have these very specific treatment thresholds when you know, like I said, it is a uh, it is a um, kind of a recommendation that they're they're leaving it up to the examiners uh, to determine a lot of this a lot of this stuff to treat the condition and uh you know with the drivers and yeah just uh definitely indiana is a, a pretty big outlier here but um you know, one uh, a lot of people worry that that's that's where other states will go as well yeah well i think well, doctor let me let me ask you i mean like todd had brought up that this seems like the um states are stepping in between the driver and the doctors i mean do you see it that way too i mean this uh this state trooper looks at him and says, well, he's ill-fatigued. I mean, do you see it that way, too? I see. I do about 500 of these exams a year or so, and, and, and I've heard rumors and bits and pieces about different from different states. But the issue is, is if, if I'm licensed in Illinois and I drive through Indiana going to Ohio and I stop and I, I'm, I'm sleeping along the side of the road, um, you know, what regulation applies? Does it apply in Indiana or does it apply in Illinois or do I use the FMCSA guidelines as to the recommendation because that is interstate travel. And FMCSA, FMCSA specifically states that, they're, they're, that it's up to the DOT examiner as to whether that individual has, has the, uh, the symptomatology and the, the, the concern whether that individual needs to go for further, for further evaluation. We just don't have technology out there now, and there's a lot of people that are touting technology, but of course they're trying to make a buck off the technology. Yeah. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing easy 
an easy way to evaluate for sleep apnea. We just don't have the technology. And the FMCSA has to look at this from both sides of the, of, of the fence. They have to keep the trucking industry moving. We can't cripple this country based on individuals who drive, who essentially are tired. They have long hours. They have poor lifestyles. They have poor nutrition. And, 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 and start corralling them all up with, based on certain measurements of, of neck circumferences and all these other things and hurting them right. into, a, into a big pen and saying, here you go, let's start testing all these people. I mean, it's, and then somebody says, oh, yeah, well, I can do it. It's $400 per test. I mean, there's a lot of money to be made in this. So the FMC yeah. is very, very cognizant of that. And that's why people say, well, the FMCSA, they're not doing anything. They're not do Well, they certainly are doing things, but there's just nothing out there that they, their job is to keep this country moving, and, 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 but to keep it moving safely. And you have people on our side, on the medical side, that are breaking it down into little itty-bitty molecules of issues. And, and, and the reason is because that's what they're paid to do. That's what they do on a daily basis. But when it comes to practicality and common sense, I think that's where the DOT examiner, a good DOT examiner, comes in and says, this is, this is an individual that I'm very concerned about, and he calls the DER of the company and says, I think that we need, we need some kind of a sleep apnea evaluation on this individual because I'm, I mean, I'm very concerned of excessive daytime sleepiness. We have a, a, a screen that we use called the Epworth Sleepiness Scale, and, and we try to get our drivers that look especially tired uh, to, to utilize these and, and where we try to get an idea. And then you couple that with, do they have a cardiovascular disease? Are they of a certain age? Do they have a certain body habitus? Like, how big are they? Um, do they smoke? Uh, there are a lot of things that I call together to decide, does this individual need further testing for sleep apnea? So I, I, I don't think that, you know, I think the states are in need of revenue, to be honest with you. And they're looking at any kind of aspect of that revenue. But when it comes to travel, it's different. I'd like to ask the doctor a, a question. Dr. Smith, it is, right? Yes. Okay, this is Donna. Um, you know, with with all the issues going on and, and if you if you really narrow it down, it's truck driver fatigue that's really the issue. Um and sleep apnea is one of the concerns um for truck driver fatigue, although there are many other issues such as lack of parking, uh which is which is what happened to, to Ed. He didn't have a place to park, so he pulled over and, and took his nap right there on the exit ramp. But um, with, with, with these issues with truck driver t fatigue and safety and all the regulations going on, one of the biggest issues, and, and I haven't heard anybody talk about this, is the fact that drivers are in poor health. However, because of their job demands, they don't get to go to the doctors. You ask a driver, well, why didn't you go to a doctor? Well, I had to get the load. I don't have the time off. I only get, I'm supposed to get two days off. I only get one day off. In every other job uh, profession that I know of, if you're sick and need to go to a doctor, you have a paid day off. I don't, I think with all these regulations and push on safety and health, Perhaps there should be something on the books that allows a driver 
to be able to go to a doctor to address his illnesses. I mean, what do you think of that? Well, I think that that's very reasonable, but I think also, too, that that comes down, Shauna, to the DER. Um, the DER, the company, is the one that has to, uh, or the human resources manager of the company. I mean, they've got to build that into their schedule, just like they build into the schedule when I when I we got pulled for random uh, drug alcohol, random drug test, or random alcohol. You got to get them in there. You got to get them in there somehow. And well, and, I, I don't believe that's going to happen. I, I don't believe that carriers are all going to say, you know what, we need our drivers at least one day off a year paid so they can address their illnesses. I don't I don't see that happening. Nice thought Dr. though. Didn't ask Doctor Smith a question. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna ask you, Doc can this is not meant to be a trick question, but would you agree that a person that maybe weighs five pounds soaking wet and doesn't on his bulk could still have apnea? I think I, I don't think that that's necessarily true. I, I think that that's all based. It's all based on the presentation that individual comes in. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna take many different uh, many different things into consideration as an examiner, and that includes their blood pressure. That includes if they're spilling uh, sugar in their urine. That that includes uh, respiratory issues. Um, the problem is, is what people are trying to do is they're trying to make cookbook sleep apnea, and it just won't work. Right. I see. All right. Well, thanks. Listen, I appreciate it. We've got to move on. Um, uh, let's grab another caller here real quick uh, from Michigan, area code 313. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hello? Caller from Michigan. Hello? Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. I have a couple of questions, and I don't know if you can answer them or not. Uh, when you are sleeping, okay, can and it's like when you're in your own house, if somebody bangs on your door, you choose to let them in or not. Now, I guess that's a good question. Are we in the position, if we're sleeping and our curtains draw, do we have to open up our door? Uh, well, for uh, I, I would think for a law enforcement officer, you would have to. Yeah, but if I'm sleeping, if I'm sleeping, I don't know who's banging at my door. Why should I get up? I mean, how do well, I you know? I guess. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't have to, but I mean, it, you would just have to face whatever repercussions from the officer that would come. I mean, that's a good question. I mean, but I mean, as far as I see, as the regulations for officers and everything, I mean, a police, uh, you know, any law enforcement officer can ask to uh, to uh, see your logbooks at any time. So, I mean. I mean, you can keep the curtains drawn and, and stay in there and don't answer it, but uh, that officer will probably keep banging until you do. Okay, well, but, okay, so we don't know definitely. I mean, that would be a good question to get a, a, a definite answer on. This is Alan, right? Right. Uh -huh. David? Okay, I'm, I'm that'd Alan. be a good question. Okay, Alan, that'd be a good uh, a, a good question to get uh, an answer on. You know what I mean? Because uh, I mean, isn't our cab of our truck? Uh, if we're sleeping, isn't that our home? 
I don't I'm taking my 10-hour break. Do I need to be woken up uh, by an officer? You know, I mean, well, well, and, I, I, and think, I don't care. I think that's a myth. I mean, the truck really isn't your home. I mean, techni- I mean, by definition, a home is, you know, uh, you know, a set place, and you know, it, I, 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 legally speaking, honestly, I really don't think a truck is considered a home. Okay. If, if okay. Client, could I jump in just for a second on that one? Sure. And, sure. You know, this is just, you know, my my opinion. You know, please, if you like, and leave the rest. But it, it's it's my experience. You know, I don't. I've been out here, you know, just about thirty years, like you have, and I rarely. From I've never, I have never been awoken or, excuse me, bothered by anybody from law enforcement. If I, you know, if I'm in a truck stop or in a rest area and I'm in, you know, in other words, if I'm in a place where, you know, uh, I'm not bothered. Are you there? Are you there, Alan? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Okay, I'm sorry. Well, to, to to make it quick, this is my, you know, if you're in a designated parking place, you know, 99.9% of the time, a person from law enforcement, I don't believe it's going to mess with you. The only way that you litigate, in my opinion, that if you, you know, you put yourself at risk is if you do something like I did and park in a place that's, you know, clearly marked not to. In other words, if you give a law law uh, member of law enforcement, probable cause. You know, and what I mean by that is if you park someplace that you should right. not be, you know, if sure. you're in a dangerous neighborhood, you know, th- there's a lot of circumstances in my opinion come in to play here that, and I'm, you know, not picking and choosing sides, but I just think a lot of that really depends upon the situation you're in, where you're at, you know, and, and you know, if you can find safe haven, if you would, you know, you know, some park where you're not in necessarily in anybody's way or any, any type of danger or bothering any loss, if that if that helps. Anyway, go ahead. Right, right. Yeah, but what I'm saying, I, I, I've heard that, you know, I've heard that for 34 years, this truck is my home, and, and legally speaking, no, it's not. I mean, a home is, a, you know, a, is a set place of established, right. you know, and, right. and, and an address. <laughs> Right. Yeah, your truck your truck isn't your home and and I used to be a police officer, so if that officer's knocking on your door, um you know, I would highly suggest you get up and answer the, you know, you answer the door. Uh but you know, hey, it's just whatever, you know, anybody wants to do. If they don't want to answer it, they don't have to answer it, but I being a law enforcement officer, I would I would definitely answer it because he's knocking on your door for a reason. So, um but this thing about being uh, being your home, uh, you know, that's just not true. Uh, one more caller, and then we're going to have to take a quick break and get Max in here. But uh, from Delaware, area code 302, go ahead. You're on the air. Hello. Hey, how you doing, oh, hey, Alan? Patches, what's going on? It's Rich. Oh, Rich. Okay. Yes. Well, you and, you, and, you and Patches are in Delaware. I couldn't see which one it was. Yeah, it's me. Um just was a couple of issues um, <clears throat> that I wanted to touch base on. First of all, you're absolutely right. When Anytime you're in a vehicle that's interstate commerce, um, you're regulated by any federal, state, county, or municipal officer has a right at any given time, just like the DOT has a right to come into your office. They're supposed sure. to give 48 hours, but they don't have to. So it's the same thing when you're in the road. 
if you park in a designated area, like Ed said, there's 99.999% of the chance he's not going to come up, knock on the door, and bother you. Unfortunately, if you are in a position where your truck is parked that it's unsafe or a hazard to the general motoring public, they do have the right to uh, wake you up and ask you to move the vehicle. A case in point, New Jersey. Um, there was people that were pulled into the rest areas in the state of New Jersey that weren't in the parking areas but were parked along the curb because the parking areas were full, as we all know. And New Jersey state troopers woke the drivers up and told them they either had to go back into the parking area or move out of the way because they were blocking the, you know, they were blocking emergency equipment and stuff like that. So, yeah, they right. do have the right, as you well know, that they can wake you up if you are not parked in a designated area. But getting back to the, the, the um, inconsistencies of medical exams that are out there is one of the reasons why the federal government is changing the regulations on who can do a physical so they do have a standard uniformed uh, form and criteria, and that's why they are going to the National uh, Registry of Occupational Health people. Um, you know, right. you're going to see more and more, you're going to have to go to an occupational health center to get a physical. Right. You're not going to be able to go to your friendly neighborhood doctor um, that you tell them what's wrong with you, they fill it out, and your buddy gives you your card and goes. Another right. thing is, um, <clears throat> One of the problems is, hey, Alan, my medical card expired. Here, let me go over here to the truck stop, buy a medical form. You fill it out, you sign it, you sign some fake doctor's name to it, and the DOT officer is probably going to take a look at the card, look at the expiration date, and never challenge it, okay? Another reason why, under your topic, they're going to go to medical certificates are going to be tied directly to the CDL, because you're going to have to go to your state of record and show them, and then the state is going to have to verify whether that medical certificate is valid. So right. it will be, you know, that is a direct result of medical cards not being consistent, and we won't even go into the fact of the medical cards out there that uh, aren't real. Right. Right, I hear you. A lot of, lot of, lot of changes coming. I think so. Uh, all right, appreciate it. Listen, I have to take a quick break, and when we come back, let's drag our guest Max Videra in here, and let's talk about this thing called proposed registry of certified medical examiners and what it all means for drivers. So we'll be back in a second. So stick with us. You might get hooked on driving trucks and shifting those gears. Don't get hooked by that. It'll follow you around, no matter where you go, no matter what town. Doesn't matter if it's wrong or if it's right. What they put on paper's gonna follow you for life. Don't get hooked by that. Don't get hooked by that. Don't get hooked by that. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with the Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. 
Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment, and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. Okay, welcome back. We're talking with professional driver Ed Webb and Todd Dills and Max Videra, senior editor of Truckers News Magazine. And Max, uh, you've been quiet as a mouse in here, but I want to get you in here. Your article in the June issue, Proposed Registry of Certified Medical Examiners, just heard Rich talk about it, uh, just a hair, but I guess the uh, the FMCSA cracking down on who can give DOT physicals, huh? Well, they're... Uh the whole genesis of this is they wanted to find a way to perhaps uh, weed out uh, medically unqualified drivers and also um, doctors who may not be on the up and up who were giving um, clearances to uh, drivers who may not be uh, medically qualified to be driving on the road. Uh, so they have uh, these proposals that uh, would set up a, a national registry of medical professionals uh, who are be the ones who would be giving the uh, DOT physicals. And the idea was to uh, set up training as well as a uh, standards for who would be able to give these physicals, and this would range from uh, medical doctors to chiropractors to um, medical assistants. There, I think doctors of osteopathy as well. There would be several categories of medical professionals who could be qualified uh, as long as they received the training and, and passed a test to be able to step forward and uh, offer these uh, physicals, and then they would be their names um, and qualifications would be placed in a national registry that would uh, be available for carriers and drivers and uh, government officials to go to to, to find information uh, when they want to check on whether a driver's uh, medical card is uh, up-to-date and, 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 and approved or not. So the idea was to um, cut down on some issues that were maybe leading to unqualified drivers being out on the road that perhaps were involved in uh, traffic accidents and, and even fatal crashes. Um, there was a period, a five-year period in, in the uh, from about 2002 to 2008 where the National Transportation Safety Board uh, determined that there were about 825-some fatal crashes that involved uh, medically unqualified or fatigued 
drivers. So that's that's part of the reason behind what the FMCSA is proposing. Okay, and um, Donna, I see you waving there. Do you have something? Oh no, I just wanted to um, to thank uh, Rich, our, our previous caller that called in. For everyone who's listening, that was Richard Wilson, and he's going to be our speaker. Uh, he works with the DOT, so he's our, our regulation. Uh, expert that's going to be there and i just wanted to introduce uh him to you you've probably heard him before on our show he's with uh trans products and services so i just wanted to thank rich for calling in and also um dr smith for calling in <laughs> yeah yeah appreciate all our callers so um yeah he was uh rich was getting into uh what max was going to talk about I know. <laughs> but, <laughs> good transition <laughs> right yeah well, it, was, it was a nice lead-in that's for sure uh, well, I mean, you know him. You know him and his staff over there at Trans Products are also. I mean, they're just such experts on these regulations, man. They'll get rolling. But uh, I wanted to save a little bit for Max because you know his. You know Max's article is in the June issue too. So um, I I found it interesting in your article, Max. You were talking about the chiropractor who was giving uh, uh, DOT physicals, and not to knock chiropractors. I guess the way it is right now is. Anybody can really give the DOT physical as long as they just kind of follow the uh, the uh, DOT exam rules, I guess, right? Well, that's true, and as long as they're cleared to provide uh, medical services within their state, although um, the uh, NTSB uh, doctor, um, for one, uh, Dr. Mitch Garber, uh, thinks that uh, maybe some professionals such as chiropractors might not be people not necessarily who are not qualified to give the DOT physicals, but maybe not uh, qualified to give uh, medical advice if uh, a medical condition is identified uh, during a physical. Uh, For example, if it related to uh, a a heart condition or some aspect of diabetes or any other medical condition. Um, Because part of the idea is that you're not just uh, uh, an assembly line giving physicals all day, but that when you give the physical and identify conditions that come up during the physical, that uh, you would get the condition or in a position to uh, give advice and Make recommendations uh, for that uh, for that driver uh, as to uh, what what uh, his next steps might be. So uh, there is there is some some criticism about including some of the medical professionals that would be included among those um, who would be registered uh, to give DOT physicals in the future if the proposal is uh, is approved. Yeah, some so as it is now, Max. Right, some states don't allow chiropractors to do it, but some do. So kind of a mixed bag, right? Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it, it varies from state to state, and yeah. within this uh, proposal, the registry would would be allowed, uh, I guess, to supersede uh, whatever the state laws would be. But uh, right. and certainly, it, it turned out in the, in this story that Dr. Smith, who was on the program earlier, and uh, Dr. McGee. Uh, another chiropractor are involved in um, training and also in uh, setting up standards that were uh, considered by the FMCSA uh, when they uh, 
put together the proposal on, on this registry. So um, it's uh, they've had a hand in this, and, and I think uh, the uh, quality of, of the service they would be able to provide would, would vary quite a bit. But, um, you know, I think as far as leases, giving the exams, um, there are a lot of them who would be very qualified and, and able to provide them. Right. All right, let me try to. I'm going to try to grab as many callers as I can uh, uh, from right here in Florida, area code 904. Uh, go ahead. Welcome to the show. Hello? Hello. How are you doing? Oh, how are you doing? This is uh, My name is Tim Philman, and uh, I live not too far from y'all. I'm up in Indiana at the moment, but I live up in the Clay County area where everything's burning up. But, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we're on fire up there, but nonetheless... Uh, I'm an owner-operator, 28 years' experience. Uh, matter of fact, uh, seen, uh, I happened to see on my Facebook page, Alan is one of my friends on there, and they, uh, he announced the show, so I jumped on the line here because I'm a recent recipient of a CPAC machine. And uh, I, I went to the doctor, checked into it, and I've interviewed a lot of guys out here on the road, you know, pluses and minuses, but I've snored a lot, and I was tired of getting kicked in the I was at home with my wife, so uh, I did. I, 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 I took a sleeping test, and I had a mild, quote, mild case of sleep apnea, and I got great blood pressure. Um, you know, I'm 30 pounds overweight, and all of this kind of stuff, and, and I'm a smoker. So I did the sleep test. I got the machine, and then you find out all kind of little secrets that you didn't know about prior to doing the test. Number one, you have to sleep on the machine for 30 days. You bring it back in, and there's a computer chip inside the machine, and they download all the information on the machine to see how you're sleeping and how much you're sleeping. And this is the key that I didn't realize was going to happen, is there's a compliance with the machine. And if the compliance issue is you're to you're, you're, it's based on an eight hours night of rest under the machine use, and you have to be you have to sleep on the machine on a daily basis more than seventy five percent of the time. And I barely crossed that threshold. Mine was like at seventy eight percent of the time. So I did the math, you know, on what the threshold is, and I have to sleep six hours a night on the machine, uninterrupted. Now, I mean, I can't break it up into increments like you can your logbook. You know, and every six months I have to take my little computer chip in and have them downloaded. And don't get me wrong, I'm all for safety and everything else. And, and it costs me personally, for my business, a lot of money to do this because of the, the downtime I had to accrue. But I wanted to do it, and, and on top of that, I feel a lot better now that I've I'm, I'm been on the machine now for about two months. And I feel, I feel incredible, you know, the rest that I'm getting now. However, there's there's a litigation. There's going to be a litigation that's going to open up on this. <laughs> I.e., if you're in an accident or, you know, you get a roadside, they want to look into your truck, they see this sleep, they see this, see this machine in your truck, they're going, to want, they're, they're going to want to look at your machine just like they want to look at your logbook to see if you're, quote, compliant, you know? And I see a lot of I see a lot of can of worms being opened with this thing. I really do. I do too. Oh yeah, I do too. And 
that's one thing um, Ed brought up. Let me bring bring up get, getting. Uh, I can't figure it out. I get a lot of breathing on the phone, causing some noise. So I kind of shut everybody off here. But uh, but Ed, that was one of your concerns too, right? Well, yeah, you know, I found it. That's uh, a, a driver. I thank you for your sharing that. I found it interesting in Indiana. It's 70% usage in a four-hour mandatory fault it's four consecutive hours of sleep. So if that's the way it is down there, you know, again, you know, that's another issue. If It looks like to me if we're going to do this, you know, if this is going to be an issue, then we need to get everybody on the same page, you know, and, you know, the, nationwide there just needs to be, it looks like to me, you know, why would one state say, you, you know, mandatory Four hours, and other states say six. You know, that's that's really uh, <laughs> that's it looks like to me that's another mess too. And I appreciate him saying that. Yeah, yeah. Tim, Alan, you there? Yeah, uh, go ahead. I was just so Tim. Tim, you're, you're, is Tim still on the line? I was just wondering because he's he's uh, the CDO's out of Florida, right? Yeah, right. Tim, so Florida. So basically, when you're having to take that download, and um, you know, who's who's taking it? Is it the state? No, I'm taking it right back to the sleep center where I got the machine from and where I did the test. And yeah, are, they, are they communicating that information then back to the, to the State Department that's auditing? Because if so, that's exactly what's happening to Ed there in Indiana. And I, I was not aware that Florida did that. But yeah. I'm not sure who they're reporting that to, to be honest with you. I, my understanding was is that they're reporting that back to the insurance company, the people that oh, pay okay. for testing and all. However... It's it's out there on the mainframe. So what's the, what's stopping the DMV or whoever's going to be doing it from checking it? From and using I, it, right? Sure, I know what you mean. That's exactly what Ed worried about uh, when when we talked uh, about it about the story. But yeah, sure. You know, I mean, I, I'm all for compliance and safety, and 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 you know, I feel a hundred percent better using this machine. And as I said earlier, you know, I don't have any more broken ribs because my wife kicking me in the side for waking her up. You know, and. Sure. It's just, you know, it's just another way that our privacy is being invaded here. But I will say, you know, the trucking industry, too, is at their own fault because you got these cowboys out here that like to brag. I drive 4,500 miles a week, and I sleep three hours a night, blah, blah, blah. Well, go ahead and just brag on that. So we're at fault, too, you know, as a constructive whole industry, you know. But sure. now you got now you got the government coming in, and they're going to regulate us out the Yazoo because of this. Right. Well, that, if you don't mind, jump in. There's fed, see, and I don't. It, it's of my understanding. There's federal money involved in this too. See, in other words, I if, again, if I hopefully I have my uh, information correct, but Indiana is receiving federal funds. From the government for complying with this too. In other words, this is just you know, there's money behind this too. If I if I understand this correctly, and if that makes well, sense. Well, the money's anyway, not behind it. the drivers helping them pay for this thing because that's a five thousand dollar right. test, and that's a twenty five hundred dollar machine, and nobody knocked on my door, you know, to offer me help with it. I had to do it out of my own pocket. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Yeah, well, there's, I mean, there, there, there's always, appreciate the call, I listen, there, you know, there's always money behind this, these things, I mean, it's like I was saying earlier with Donna that, you know, this, you know, sleep apnea, the CPAP machine, and, you know, it's it's a good thing, you know, it's helping drivers, you know, he, he echoed the same sentiments as, you know, Ed, as you did, that it's, 
you know, really change your life. And that's a good side, but you know, it's it, there's always money involved here, and I, this this is this is going to be a big money maker, uh, yeah. you know, too. So that's just another side of it. But yeah, but Max, let me ask let me ask you on this proposed registry thing. Um, I don't have your article in front of me. I was reading it earlier, but didn't you have dates where this thing was set? Wasn't this thing going to be uh, finally set up like in 2014 or something? Well, the proposal for the registry was to be in December of this year. Oh, and yeah. I, I don't think that has changed any. What has been altered uh, since the article came out is the extension of um, – uh, the medical CDL, yeah. their, their medical cards. Uh, that was supposed to be um, uh, changed in 2012, but there were a lot of states that weren't ready to uh, to take care of the paperwork on it online, uh, setting up an online uh, database for it. That uh, that was extended to 2014. So, uh, you, you have, if you're a trucker out there, you have to hold on to your medical card for an extra two years beyond what had been the, the uh, proposal. Yep. Um, but and if the, they're a the diabetic or whatever it is, um, whatever ailment they have, that's all going to come up automatically when they when the DOT pulls it up? That's the idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's going to be connected to your license now, uh, Yeah, all the information related to your license that they have on file. But the idea with the registry is that would be phased in so that uh, starting in December there would be a, believe it was a two-step process for um, in, including the, the uh, uh, drivers and, and the carriers of certain sizes. I think the, the largest carriers would be the first ones to, to be involved in this so that they would be uh, able to contact uh and have access to um, the the registry, and then the smaller carriers and the owner operators would be phased in after that, so that uh, um, you you would be able to to take a look at the registry, and uh, if you had a driver or, or if you're an owner operator and you you had a test, uh, you you could and something happened later on, you there would be a way to, to check the registry to see uh, who the doctor involved was and uh, if they were registered and uh, if they had, if they were not, then, then there would be some problems, certainly for that uh, physician. So, so but All right. as far as the, the, the deadline goes, that would be continuing for the registry. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't have it in front of me, but I thought I'd seen those dates. Uh, okay, right. let's let's jump from Florida all the way to California. Caller from area code seven six zero. Go ahead, you're on the air. Hi, Alan. This is Desiree. Can you hear me? Oh, hey, Desiree. Hi. I just tuned into your show and hi. I tuned into your show and heard the guy talking about the sleeping. And I wanted to mention something. I was asked to participate in a conference a week ago from an organization that's doing a shift work sleep disorder. It was a uh, web conference, and I'm, I don't have my notes handy because I just caught the tail end of what he was saying, but I thought everybody should know this. They wanted a truck driver to participate in it, and I did it on behalf of the Life on the Road thing, and um, they were really not aware sleep, work the shift disorder is people that have to work all night long and the difficulties that they have because of it 
and I, they had a law enforcement guy, fire engine, nurse, the tr- and I was the truck driver. And so I said, I'm going to tell you what we're going on with us. And, and I talked about the parking and the interrupted sleep and the situations that we have to sleep in and the safety issues. And um, they did not know about this sleep apnea thing happening to the truck drivers. And the other people in the group, including this organization, were very interested to know what I was bringing up, all of these topics that we've all been talking about here for the last couple of years because they did not know, but they're in the sleep business. And this is a timely topic because of what has uh, it's in the news, you know, with what happened to the air traffic controller falling asleep on the job. Now it's priority number one. They're gunning for studies. And so who are they going to start looking at? Of course, anybody that has a job like us. And so I brought up the topic of the sleep apnea, and I said, you know, for truck drivers, every time somebody wants to do a study, the truck drivers are like, okay, they're going to just like totally clean house on all of us across the board. And so they are very apprehensive about participating in any any sort of studies. And I did actually gave gave a scenario to the law enforcement guy who I want to say he – after he heard what I had to say, he said, I want to apologize to you on behalf of all law enforcement who's ever banged on the door of a trucker and woke them up after hearing what you said. So a lot of it is um, kind of instead of running away from these research groups, telling them, look it, this is how we are really our lives are, but every time somebody wants to do a study, we see another regulation that erases our workforce and makes room for someone else to take my job. And that's why we don't want to cooperate. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of other contributors to truck driver fatigue, and, uh, you know, you can make sure. a whole list of them. Uh, people, Qualcomm messages, lack of truck parking, the the um, the actual lifestyle itself, like you said, you know, having to stay up all night, driving 11 hours a day, living in a truck, yeah. anti-idling laws. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that contribute to truck driver fatigue. Yes, there are outlaw drivers out there who will run over their HOS, um, but you can't say that truck drivers are fatigued because they run over HOS and they have sleep apnea. If you're going to draw a picture, you might as well draw the entire picture. And I think the media is responsible uh, for that. uh, And and they should include they should include it. So this term, and any you guys, I'll send the link over to Donna and Alan so you can see it. The term, it's called shift work sleep disorder. It mm-hmm. is a definable disorder that people who work at night or odd hours, Alan, you probably can relate to this, and they say you have to be able to sleep in a cool, dark, uninterrupted, sleep for this much period of time and I said well that's fine and good if you go to a house every day but if I I use the translation if you're a team driver it only takes two days to get across the country and then your your person that's driving is shifting in traffic now how are you going to get uninterrupted sleep in um, traffic you know um, going through you know so you got to put it into the context of course it's going to be interrupted because there's just it's impossible not to be interrupted in that situation 
anyway, um, it is uh, something they're defining, the, and there's treatment, and this this particular um, job description turned out to be highly unique that they knew very, very little about. So I'm going to send you this um, link so that you can see it. I'm going to try and have time to write about it this uh, weekend, but... Um, they these people know very little about the life of a truck driver and that's really our responsibility to start and that's the, that's the story sure. of everybody um you take the yeah. job uh there's very little empathy uh towards the truck driver and that's part of what we're trying to achieve um through through media and everything at the convention you know people need to understand that all drivers are out there trying to get you in your four-wheeler, okay, that that there's a lifestyle that they live. And if there was more empathy, there would even be more people calling up Washington tomorrow for Jason's Law. Yeah, well, I'm uh, yeah, I'm surprised. And, and thanks, Desiree. Good to hear from you. I'm glad to know you're still alive and well. Um, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't know. Well, I mean, it, it's funny she brought that up because I was reading about uh, – you know, shift work, and a couple weeks right. or so ago, maybe a month ago, I'm kind of surprised as a sleep study that they didn't know the uh, the damage that shift work does <laughs> on the body. But uh, Well, and, and what, something that Donna was mentioning is that one of the goals of the registry uh, proposal is to increase or to uh, um, enable uh, physicians and other uh, medical practitioners to understand more about the the trucker's lifestyle and what goes into it, and they would then be in a better position to make uh, wise recommendations as to health concerns that come up in a, in a physical. So that that's another intent of the proposal is to get uh, medical professionals who who know something about what truckers go through each day. Yeah, and that's a good point. That'd be part of the training too, right, Max? Uh, oh yes, like yes. Yeah. Training, that's where that comes training, from. There. Yeah, and uh, exactly. So that's that's all part of it. And whether that's how much that's going to increase, I I think what what this will do is probably chase out uh, some of the part-time um, medical people who are doing only a few physicals a year who would see this as perhaps too too onerous for them to continue with it. So so it'll try and gather those professionals, uh, medical professionals who are serious about doing this and, and want to do a good job with the phys- physicals to, to stay in the business. Yeah, and I can relate to that. I, I, was at a, I was at the doctor's uh, last week, and, you know, he looked at me and said, all you truck drivers have health issues and you won't do anything about it. And it really kind of ticked me off because it's not that we don't want to do anything about it, it's just we don't have time. Yeah. And that was the issue I brought up before. Um, it's the only sure. profession I know that you don't have um, personal paid days to take care of, especially the issues that the industry is trying to um, to encourage to get better. I mean, it, it's like a catch-22. It's It's almost like this truck driver fatigue in Jason's Law. You make the regulations and everything, and, and then you turn around and there's not enough truck parking, so we're going to cite you. Or it, it's it's really unbelievable how uh, how it all works. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, more regulations coming apparently, but okay. Well, listen, sure. the clock is winding down. Uh, uh, 
Ed, thank, thanks again for joining us this evening. I really appreciate it. Uh, could I just, uh, you know, could I just very quickly, I don't make a comment. Sure. Uh, I, you know, anybody that's watched, you know, the video there can see I'm, you know, very much, you know, obese. But I, since I've been using this, I just want to make, a, a, you know, folks out there that are drivers that are looking at this issue, especially on offers, I encourage you to look at the expense as the same way you would, you know, the engine in your truck, you got to have it. Since I've been using my CPAP machine, I've lost about 35 pounds, and I'm completely off my blood pressure medicine now. You know, oh, great. You know, I mean, I've still got, you know, well over 100 pounds to lose yet. But but just by doing what, you know, losing just a little bit of weight and doing what, you know, doing what I should have been doing, you know, taking responsibility for my, for, for my own life here, if you will, doing what's right, doing what is required of me and using the, the machine, you know, in the long run, you know, it's going to pay off. They have always said if you want to make money in this world, you have to be able, willing to spend money. You know, I know this is terribly expensive and there's a lot of things involved in it, but I just want to encourage fellas, you know, folks out there that are looking at this, you know, please look at it, you know, from a more, you know, from a proactive stance. You know, if, if you think right. that you, you, know, you need it, do it. You know, do it and just jump in there, and in, in the long run, I believe it, it will benefit you. And that's okay. one of our, um, what we're going to talk about a little later when I do my announcements, we have Safety First um, Sleep Solutions, where you got your mask yeah. from. And they have a very affordable, uh, very, very affordable and uh, plan to, to look into. So we'll talk about them later. Thanks, Ed. Sure. Well said, Ed, and good luck to you. And uh, Max, uh, always a pleasure. Thanks for being here. I enjoyed it too, Alan. Thank you. All right. We'll do it again. And Todd, uh, you're getting to be an old pro here. Thanks again for joining us. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Alan, for having us on. It's uh, it's always always a pleasure and great to hear from everybody uh, calling in and uh, just uh, keep up the good work. All right, thanks. Thanks again. And uh, you can always check out Max's and Todd's articles by picking up your copy of uh, Trucker's News Magazine at truck stops across the country as well as online. Just go to truckersnews.com. So thanks again, guys. Great show. A lot to cover. I think we covered a lot. We'll have to uh, do a follow-up show about this. The sleep apnea thing is going to get bigger, and, and these regulations are coming more and more, I believe. So uh, all right, thanks again. Uh, Don and I will be right back to wrap it up for this evening on Truth About Trucking Live. We will be right back. Driving crazy in the rain, bad red bottleneck. People start to rubberneck, five stars, people shout, stop my rig and pull them out. I'm in the trucking family, they haul that freight on a concrete seat. I'm in the trucking family, I can handle anything that you throw at me. I'm in the trucking family. Hey truckers, are you tired of not being able to find a place to take a break? Are the truck stops and rest areas full at night or you just want to take a break from the sleeper? Hotelsfortruckers.org will help you find a hotel where you can fit in. Choose from thousands of trucker-friendly hotels across America that accommodates a 75-foot-long tractor trailer and you can get great discounts and specials through Hotelsfortruckers.org. And if you're traveling with a pet or a smoking preference or need laundry facilities, 
The free information on the website includes an extensive database to locate the address, phone number, and direct web links to the hotels. And if you use a hotel room at least one time per year, then you can take advantage of the $10 annual membership, which allows easy access to view hotels, which offer additional CDL trucker discounts, nationwide hotel chain discounts, and even room coupon specials. Hotelsfortruckers.org's database is comprised of the most extensive list of properties that offer the most needed trucker amenities. So visit the website today, hotelsfortruckers.org, to find the hotel that is right for you. Hotels for Truckers was built by a trucker for truckers to help you get in where you fit in. That's hotels, the number four, truckers.org. Hey drivers, Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live. Imagine at the beginning of each week you could go to a website and find a week's worth of loads in advance starting from your home base, reloading your trailer after each delivery in the same city you just dropped off a load every time and carrying the final load back to your home base by Friday. And imagine having hundreds of options of trips just like this from which to choose and that all of the loads for each trip are displayed right in front of you with contact information so you can book them right then and there by sending an email with a click of a mouse or by calling by the phone. And imagine that just above each trip you know how many total miles the trip will be and how many of those miles you will have to drive empty and that the total number of miles is over 2,500, and that the deadhead miles are less than 100, and in many cases, even zero. And can you imagine that you could find up to 400 complete trips just like this, each with all of this information, in less than two minutes? Plan ahead and book your loads a week in advance before you even leave home base with a trip that will drastically reduce deadhead miles, increase fuel cost savings, and greatly minimize layovers. Sounds like a dream? Well, it's not. You can do this now by going to a new website, bestloadpost.com. And this is not just another load board. It's the newest technology and freight finding services for the owner, operator, and motor carriers alike. Already have your loads pre-planned and booked, ready to go a week in advance, bestloadpost.com. Check it out, bestloadpost.com. Okay, Donna, wrapping it up here. you got uh, about seven minutes to go. Oh, uh-oh, okay. I have to go fast. <laughs> All right. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank Lone Mountain Truck Leasing. Uh, they raised $1,319 for Truckers Against Trafficking. Tom Crimmins, Joe Hubbestool, thank you so much. They had a drive on Facebook from the 10th of 20 to the 20th of June. They donated for everybody who became a fan on their site. On Facebook, they gave $1 to Truckers Against Trafficking. Uh, uh, human trafficking is a term. It's a $32 billion worldwide industry with more than 27 million people enslaved. And those are some big numbers. Um, the website, truckersagainsttrafficking.com, uh, uh, which they also will be at the convention in October. This website has been created to enable members of the trucking and travel plaza industry and other travelers to learn more of how they can uh, stop this atrocity. In the United States alone, it's estimated there's a staggering 200 to 3,000 
uh, people trafficked a year, and that's in our country, 200,000 to 300,000. So thank you so much, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing, uh, for that donation. And thank everybody who clicked the I Like button also and who shared the link all around uh, Facebook. Uh, tomorrow's the, the third national call-in for Jason's Law. A lot of people are talking about it. Um, I want to thank Hotels for Truckers, another sponsor of ours um, that will be at the convention. Um, we've got some great people going to be there. Thank you, Dan Fuller. He actually put an ad in the trucker uh, newspaper for the Jason's Law call-in. Um, so thanks, Dan, to you. And um, let's see, uh, so tomorrow, all day, we're going to have the national call in. Uh, what is Jason's Law? Jason's Law refers to two bills, H.R. 1803, introduced by uh, Representative Paul Tonko of New York uh, on May 10th, and S. 1187 was introduced by Senator Charles Schumer uh, of New York on June 13th. Uh, both the House and Senate versions of Jason's Law bills focus on awarding funds to maintain current rest areas and to con construct new ones where needed. Uh, sources of funding differentiate the uh, 2011 bills from their 2009 sources because this one's going to come from the um, Congestion Mitigation and Air Quality Improvement Program. Um, if you remember, uh, Last year, it was funded by the Highway uh, Trust Fund, so it's going to be in a different uh, area this year. Uh, there was a show today uh, on free will, and that was really awesome. We only got to listen to the last hour of it, but what we listened to was great. Um, we tried to call in, but as you can imagine, the lines were pretty busy over there, and so uh, we couldn't. But uh, there was a Congressman Tonko, Hope Rodenberg, Oida, ATA, NATSO, and drivers, so and whoever else called. Um, you know, it, it's just great to see this industry coming together on this much-needed law. So tomorrow, um, the phone number, and if you have a pen, you know, please take this down. The number for the Washington switchboard is 202-224-3121. You give them your um, zip code, they'll connect you with your representative, and you can just tell the staffer in the congressman's office that you want to support Jason's Law, HR 1803, uh, for more safe truck parking for professional drivers. Uh, you want to tell them uh, that without the parking, drivers are forced to drive uh, fatigued, which is a major concern for the trucking industry. The lack of parking is a major contributor to truck driver fatigue. So, um, and if you want to listen, uh, Congressman Tonko a couple of weeks ago was on the show, and it's in the archives, and he really puts it quite eloquently. He gives you some ideas of what to say. But pretty much just say you support H.R. 1803 for safe truck driver parking, and they'll know exactly what you're talking about, Jason's Law. Uh, next, I'm going to talk about the 2011 Truck Driver Social Media Convention that we're all very excited about on October 15th in Tunica, Mississippi. Drivers, supporters, sponsors um, will all be uniting to honor uh, and recognize the professional CDL driver for their sacrifices and commitment. Um, I don't think there's ever been anything like this, and 
along with two all-you-can-eat buffets and live entertainment from Truckers Tracks and the Keys Truckers. There will be information uh, available to drivers in the areas of government regulations. You heard Rich Wilson tonight who called in. He's going to be the speaker from Trans Products. Uh, you'll hear one minute. Okay. Oh, I don't think I can make it. Uh, trucking employment law, truck driving careers, business management, open forum. So get your RSVP in tonight, and you'll get three extra tickets for the um, $500 cash drawing that's going to happen. So you have till midnight tonight to get your RSVP to get those three extra tickets. We want to thank our welcome our newest sponsors, Safety First Sleep Solutions, and uh, was a silver sponsor. And Dancing Skeletons Productions is our platinum sponsor, a full-service video production facility capable of all aspects of video. And uh, we thank them for being our platinum sponsor. And Safety First is a, uh, is a sleep apnea study lab. Um, our testing equipment can be mailed to you anywhere in the country. And John Osborne's also going to be there from Safety First. He drives the MERV. So um, I had more to say, but I think I'm getting cut short. So yeah, we got to run. We're winding down, but uh, we'll uh, we'll get it in next time. <laughs> I made you work for that one, didn't I? Oh, you sure did. I got a page. <laughs> All right. Well, check out the convention, truckingsocialmedia.com. So thanks for spending some time with us. We appreciate it. Be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites, and we will see you next time. And Listen to uh, Pro Trucker Ed Webb, 30-year veteran. If you feel like you have sleep apnea, check it out. It will improve your life. So for Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith along with Donna. Thanks for listening, and drive safe, everybody. I've been driving these rigs since 79. Never got a ticket. Never crossed the line Dinner's on the table But it's gonna get cold Gotta get going I've got freight too low Well I was running through Atlanta Doing 58 A four-wheeler cut me off So I slammed my brakes Well the truck went left But the trailer threw right And I saw my life Flash before my eyes Trying to make a living Running the road Loving my family from a cell phone Nobody understands Can't get no helping hand Lord have mercy on the The trucking brand I was fighting the wheel And the next thing I know I hit the sidewalk And over I go Falling so fast I had no time to scream Burning hot metal flying all around me Well I laid there for a minute living out of my head Not knowing if I was alive or dead Highway Patrol said let me give you a hand Then he laughed and said son you better check your pants I'm just trying to make a Running the road Loving my family from a cell phone Nobody understands Can't get no helping hand Lord have mercy on the The trucking brand Oh, oh, oh. 
me and my burning rig Checked out the damage that was done to the bridge Feeling a little crazy and dizzy in the head Barely heard the words that officer said $10,000 fine and your CDL is gone Better call your mama to come take you home Three million miles and never a glitch The four-wheeler only got a slap on the wrist I'm trying to make a living running the road Loving my family from a cell phone Nobody understands, can't get no helping hand Lord, have mercy on us The trucking brand On the trucking brand Lord, have mercy on the The trucking brand 